Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. It's now time to turn back the clock and catch up with some old friends of A's past, exclusively on A's Cast. This is Where Are They Now? Vince Catronio sits down with alumni of the Oakland Athletics to reminisce and discuss current adventures. Here's Vince Catronio. Time for another episode of Where Are They Now? One of our best buddies who was with the A's in the uh well, right around the you know the sevens to the tens in that area, tens to the to the elevens. Jack Cust, a slugging outfielder, DH. You had a lot of great memories here with the Athletics. Four of his years with the A's, but a number one pick out of high school by Arizona in 1997 from New Jersey, where I think you still reside, Jack. How are things in New Jersey? Well, not as nice as California. The weather, that's for sure. I'm sitting here looking out my window. It's raining, cold, windy. Not a good day to hit. That's for sure. But thanks for having me on, Vince. I appreciate it. What what keeps you busy these days? You know, we have the family business here, which is baseball, and we have a health club that I help run as well. And, um, you know, I wanted to get into real estate. My my father was always into doing different types of real estate deals. So right now we're doing uh, some multifamily developments, some apartment developments, some mixed-use stuff too with uh, development of apartments, a hotel, and uh, some retail use in, in one of our developments. So um, we got a lot going on, staying busy, opening a steakhouse in my own town. Next year, we're doing some demolition on that now and probably take a year to build. And I, we've partnered with a, a good friend of mine who has a, a place that I probably go to too much <laughs> to stuff my face with uh, steak and uh, drink wine. So <laughs> he always uh, jokes with me, hopefully you don't eat all the profits, So, uh, <laughs> which I can't promise anything. We'll get to the Oakland years specifically, yeah. but how do you look back on your on your baseball journey? The things that you had to endure, the things you kind of had to fight through and still trust yourself and eventually had some success with the A's. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of described it well right there. Uh, number one pick, top prospect coming up, like a lot of guys. It took me a while to, to break in, bounced around a lot. If anything, it you know, it, it taught me, you know, to just work, keep your head down, keep working hard. Good things will happen. That great day in May that I that I got the, the call from the Oakland A's and, and got traded over there after, you know, Mike uh, Piazza got hurt. You know, all that hard work, I think that was 2007. You know, I was drafted in 97, so 10 years of, um, you know, making it, having little cups of coffee here or there, but uh, brought me to the moment of, uh, you know, probably the 
the best week of Major League Baseball that I played. I got to meet everybody up there, you and the whole crew. And it was just a blast. I had, had the time of my life that first week. The next three, four years with Oakland were, you know, like the rest of my career. You know, it's like kind of up and down. And you keep putting your head down, going to work, making great relationships with, with, with players on the team and, and staff in the clubhouse and front office and, and, and guys like you, Vince, and Ken, and Ray. God rest his soul. All you know, all, all these great guys that, that that we meet, we hang out together. You know, you know how it is, Vince. You're on the field every day. We're busting chops, we're having fun. So, the best thing about it is uh, just you know, like a lot of guys say, going going to work, camaraderie with with your teammates, and not just them, but the, the clubhouse staff, the media personalities. You know, it's just it, it's just so much fun. But it was it was a it was a great ride. I, I I wish I you know I enjoyed it, but I wish I enjoyed it even more when I was there. You know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and and that's like any job. So, but you know, sometimes it's it, it's uh, you look back and you say, oh, I wish I would have had even more fun. Which yeah, I, I like to have fun, but you know, sometimes you you put so much pressure on yourself that you that you can't really take it all in, all, all the good stuff that's going on. But but you were well, yes, you were a fun loving guy, and you know, you you had this big personality you still were serious about what you were trying to do. And you, like you mentioned, the cups of coffee with Arizona and Colorado and, and Baltimore, and people want to look back on the, you know, the tough running play you had with the Orioles until to that point, those kinds of things were defining yeah. you until you got a yeah. chance really to kind of break through. And you kind of touched on, you know, Mike Piazza getting hurt in Boston, hurting his shoulder. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get the phone call. Just t- take me through that. I know it probably feels like it was yesterday, even though it wasn't, but you could probably yeah. recall every, every part of that conversation about, what this chance was going to mean for Jack Cust. Well, yeah, thank God I, I did get the opportunity with the A's because the uh, the, the the base running uh, play would not would not have sat well. I mean, it still does. People always bring that up uh, to me. My Yankee fan, of course, it was against the Yankees, so uh, you know everyone saw that. We were up in Portland, Jen, Jen, my wife, and I, and we just had we just had Ava. She was a year old, um, and, and I was pretty hot up there. But I, I was trying to get to Japan at that point in my career because, you know, I was 26 years old or 27 years old, whatever it was, and just you know, it, you know, it, it, it's a business. You've been doing it your whole life, and you, at some point, you got to try and make some money. So I was telling my agent, you know, do whatever you can to to get me over to uh, to Japan. You know, then Mike got hurt, I think up in Boston. I mean, I was hot. I probably had like 10 homers and like 50 or 60 at bats. You know, my previous 50, 60 at bats early in April uh, that year in AAA. So I felt as good as I would felt, you know, one of those hot streaks that, you know, is gonna come to an end at some point. So, uh, you know, I went down to Tampa, met, met, met Oakland down in Tampa. And, you know, I was just hoping that that I could stay hot because I knew it was probably my last shot, my last opportunity. You start off cold and go for four with, with three punch outs and top that off with another one of those days, and that could be it for for me. And you know, I just I just stayed hot. Uh, I remember the first day going in and actually not wanting to play because at that point I was 27 years old and uh, I was like, uh, oh, I need my sleep. Like I took the red eye, I think I got in. And I was like, oh, man, I, I hope they got someone to DH tonight because I know my bat's going to be slow. I know, it, you know, as a, as a ball player, you're just getting in your head already. And even though I was hot, I just didn't want something to mess up my timing where I felt like I had to cheat or do something more. Um, you're already going to have that extra adrenaline anyway. I didn't play that first night, and I played the day game, getaway day, the next day. I think I had a typical 
uh, Jack Cuss type day. Walk, strike out, and I think my last at bat, I hit a homer to left center. So that was a good feeling because that's when I when I'm going good, I'm going that way, as you know. And it was really exciting. Then carried that over the next couple of days, but it was kind of a, a little bit of a relief being able to get that first homer out of the way. Such a cool team that year. I mean, I know we were. We were kind of killed by injuries the whole year, and that's one of the reasons I had a shot. But, you know, guys like Kotze, who's the manager there now, uh, Chami and all those guys. You know, just uh, having guys that I've been around, I've been around them before, but, you know, Jason Kendall, just, just grinder-type guys, leaders. You know, it was nice to be in that environment and not you – know, I didn't really have to do too much. The team was, was crushed by injuries, and they were just kind of picking up people from all over the place to just kind of fill a roster. It was actually – a little bit funny i think guys kept getting hurt even after that that the next couple of weeks and new guys were coming chris snelling and a couple other guys coming up i'm just guys that i knew from the minor leagues like hey we're all getting a shot let's let's try and do something here to stick uh, it was fun though but look you couldn't have imagined us playing wiffle ball in the backyard in new jersey i mean six home runs in your first seven games with the organization i mean that those are those are beyond dreams come true it was almost like the don't pinch me. Don't wake me up. Let me yeah, just yeah. stay as long as I can in this dream with my head on the pillow because that's the only way I can imagine this actually happening. But it did. It did happen. That was incredible watching that take place. How do you look back on it? 4-3 in favor of the A's. Glover out of the stretch. And the 2-1 pitch on the way. Here it is. And Cust, it's a deep drive to left center. Baldelli going back. He's at the track. He's going to watch. And Jack Cust has hit his first home run for the Athletics. Jack Cust, a shot to deep left center field on a 2-1 pitch from Gary Glover, and now it's 5-3 to three A's. I think it was capped off by the Mother's Day home run, which uh, was, was was very cool to walk off. We were down like five runs against the Indians or whatever whatever it was. I think Milton hit a home run like a couple batters before me, and then I came up and hit the you know hit the game winner, and, and you know the call that you that that everyone had, you know Ken. Glenn and, and it was just like you know still hearing it is uh is is very cool I think my dad probably watches it like every sometimes I see him on the uh, stepper he likes to do the stepper machine on, on the and I'll, I'll come over to him at the gym and kind of look over his shoulder and he's watching he's watching the highlights so uh that one's definitely showing a lot so it, it, it means it, it meant a lot the timing of it was cool but again you're just in the zone you're right you don't want to be woken up you don't want to do anything different i'm wearing the same underwear for for nine straight days you know it's like i didn't do that but i might have i might have worn the same clothes a couple days uh in a row if i hit a couple dingers might wear the same t-shirt or something it's uh you're trying to repeat as you know baseball players are very superstitious and uh, it always comes to an end i knew that i'd been hot like that before but obviously never at the highest level you can play and compete. So it was uh, a lot of fun, and it, and, and, and it felt really good. Jack, your home runs weren't fence scrapers. I mean, they were majestic <laughs> shots. You know, we yeah. Custy and Blast, as we refer to them time and <laughs> yeah. time again. Yeah. Uh, describe who Jack Cust was as a hitter, and were you looking at today's game and the things that you teach, which we'll get to, are, were you maybe ahead of your time just in the way that you looked at the way that you could be the best Jack Cust at the plate, the things that you did best. Yeah, we joke about it a lot. My again, my dad, he still, you know, he's always watching. He watches all the games. Still, I don't watch him quite as much as him, but he always said, you know, you were ahead of your time. And I, I tell people like, man, there was games where I was trying to just hit a four ground ball, so 
someone wasn't yelling at me for striking out. I was like, yo, let me just pepper a couple balls here. That way nobody's like booing me for striking out, you know, twice. And in the minor leagues, I could do my thing. I could, and even then coaches would say, hey, why don't you just try and put the ball in play? I don't know if I was ahead of my time. Honestly, baseball's like the game has changed amazingly so much in the last 10 years since I stopped playing. I think it was I think it was a little more fun to watch when guys were kind of peppering the ball as more hit and run, more more small ball and mix in a couple jack cuss here and there. It is what it is. There are times that I wish I could have yet yeah, been really jack cussed and like really worked the count every at bat the way I knew I could and kind of take the strikeouts with the walks and because towards the end, especially my last year in in Oakland, I was just you know, I was I was more just trying to be like, put the ball in play. Let me just hit the ball, and 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 that for me wasn't my game because I really had to zone in on certain pitches in order to drive them. And you know, me upping my swing rate and hitting, trying to hit more pitches, my power kind of decreased, and and then that was that was that in Oakland. But yeah, no, it would have been fun to play. Not to mention that they don't care about the walks and strikeouts, but the the juice balls over since I've. <laughs> That's been insane. I know I've been reading articles all the time about the balls. Now they're now they're not juiced. They are juiced. It's two different balls. It's seven different balls. But I've been saying since 2016 that the balls are juiced. I watch the balls in Oakland, and I'm like, well, I mean, I know some big boys that hit some balls a long way, and I know there's guys with power there now, but oof, they're hitting balls very, very far. So I would have loved to have hit those balls, I'll tell you that. I joke with Mike Sweeney. I text him every once in a while. I remember Mike, he's the he's the best, and he's always like, oh, man, Custy, they're hitting cue balls up there. That's, those things are flying. <laughs> yeah, Pro Bs and Pro B1s, what a lot of people say. Oh, man, it's it's insane. So, um, But, hey, listen, it's fun to watch, and the pitchers are so darn good these days. I mean, I, that's the other thing. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to hit 94-mile-an-hour uh, sliders uh, nightly. <laughs> how do you think the defense would have set up for Jack Cust? I mean, what, from what you see today, and how, how did they play you? They did it the same way. I mean, they started the shift. I was probably shifted, I'd say, probably 40 to 50% of the time, maybe more. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to go, like, really watch video. But I remember, you know, they played me right. I mean, they would play they, – they'd play the center fielder over, shaded the left center, the right fielder straight up, and the left fielder – I don't know where he would play, but – I just remember hitting line drives with left center and then being caught or hit a line drive up the middle, you know, like you're taught since, you know, you're eight years old, just hit a line drive up the middle and the shortstop, you know, uh, you know, the shortstop sitting there catching it. And you're like, wow, I did everything right, right there. And that was an out. That's not fun. And that, that creates bad habits because then you start trying to hit the long ball. And, uh, you know, my friends uh, around here still say, oh, I can't believe these guys can't hit. Hit the ball, just hit the ball on the ground the other way. I'm like, dude, they're throwing 100 mile per hour cutters in on their hands. It's not that easy. So, um, I mean, they played me the way, um, you know, I wish they could have played me straight up. Uh, you know, maybe I, I, you know, but now they're doing it to the right handed hitters. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's tough to get hits in the big leagues with guys throwing 100 miles an hour and they know exactly where you hit it. Um, you know, you got to try and hit the long ball, I guess, a lot. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of grass out there to be found, that's for sure. And the athletes are just getting better, bigger, stronger. So, you know, they're running faster. You know, this, this, this fielding metrics now, thank God they didn't have those when I played. Uh, you know, I think they might have at the end, but it's just uh, 
you know, they got all that stuff that, you know, everything can be looked at and analyzed and there's a stat for it. So they're, they, you know, they weed out the weaknesses and, and they, and they know your tendencies. Jack, you touched on, on the strikeouts, but the reality is with the athletics, you know, your on-base percentage with the A's in four years was over 380. That's mm-hmm. way above average. Your OPS combined was over 830. That's an above average player. And yet, you, you know, you had one year you led the league in strikeouts, and you said, I didn't want to hear people talking to me or yelling to me about stop striking out. Did, yeah. did the strikeouts, I mean, you were, based on those numbers, which are numbers that are important, you were productive. I mean, how did you how did you look at at the strikeout? Uh, well, I mean, I I hate I hated it. You know, originally growing up, I was a I was a uh, you know a good hitter first, and then you know I uh, you know playing in New Jersey, obviously there's great talent, but you know not like uh, Florida or California or whatever. But like I'm not I never struck out in high school, and again, that's high school. But in the minor leagues, I started striking out a lot, and I didn't like it. But it's one thing when you're striking out a lot and you're hitting 300. Uh, but as you move up levels, like we just talked about, and they know uh, instead of in a ball where they're playing you, oh, there's this big guy that hits home runs. Let's play him the pool. Well, in reality, I like to hit my home runs from gap to gap, and so I'd hit a lot of home runs. So instead of the, the center fielder playing right center they're playing left center because they actually know where I hit the ball. And, uh, and, you know, the pitchers know your tendencies as well that, um, you know, it's one thing when you're striking out and you're hitting 300, it's a, it's another thing when you're striking out and you're hitting 240. So to me, you know, that 300, not that I've ever came close at the major leagues was always the benchmark. Uh, and in the minor leagues, I could, I could hit that benchmark a lot. Um, but in the big leagues, again, with the, with the shifts, and obviously the better pitching that you combine the strikeouts with the lower average and you just, you get frustrated, no doubt, because who wants to strike out? Who wants to go a whole game without making contact? You know, three strikeouts, a walk, two strikeouts, two walks. Uh, Yeah, you you get, nobody wants to strike out. It's like doing the worst thing you can do at your job. And if your job's the hit, striking out is not, is not the goal so it used to get to me for sure uh not so much when i was hot and i knew you know uh, that it didn't you know the next step bad i'm gonna hit a ball hard or whatever but when you're in a funk and you're striking out it's just it's, it's just that much worse so um but you know that's just that that was part of my game it's definitely part of part of the game now a lot i don't you know these guys maybe it's a little easier uh to deal with because it's just been part of the game for a while now no i'm not sure so Jack, it would, it, I guess I, I could go down a path of saying, you know, what's your favorite moment with the A's? You know, the first week where you hit the six home runs or you mentioned the walk-off against Cleveland, uh, you know, on Mother's Day in uh, in May or the Grand Slam you hit later that year in, in August. Yeah, yeah. But what about the fact that Jack Cust stayed in the fight for four years? I mean, you, that you were yeah. – at all these times your, your wheels were kind of spinning, you weren't really feeling like that you had stuck, and you yep. did stick and you were able to contribute – uh, on a year-in and year-out basis, how important it was that for you to to validate, you know, mm-hmm. what you were able to accomplish? Yeah. yeah, I think I think you said it perfectly, Vince. Um, I I think all those things, you know, the uh, 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 the, the obviously the, the the first week capped by the Mother's Day uh, home run was was huge. Um, hitting a home run at Yankee Stadium, my last game at Yankee Stadium against Andy Pettit with uh 
all my grandparents there was was very uh, was awesome because I, I played a few games at Yankee Stadium, but just never hit a homer. The old you know the old Yankee Stadium, and uh, the last game there was a day game against Pettit. The wind was blowing in. Uh, I remember taking BP, and I was like, "Man, freaking wind's blowing in! I don't know if I'm gonna get one today." Like it was blowing in pretty hard, and I, I got one off Pettit, my second, I think my second at bat. Uh, it would have been a far one too if the wind wasn't blowing in. It was like kind of a little bit of a scraper, but I hit it just as good as I could hit it, and it, it, you know, it was a high one, so the wind was fighting it, but it got out. And I remember rounding third and seeing my grandfather's in the stands. That was uh, that was special. Uh, and then, you know, I remember the, the, yeah, I think I had a seven RBI game in, uh, in, in uh, with that grand slam you were talking about in Detroit the one year, which was, which was fun. I think the grand slam was to like dead center, which was, which was cool off a of lefty. Um, and then, uh, you know, I really remember, I think you guys are, are you guys playing the giants this week right now? Tonight? Playing the giants. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, to me, that was, uh, you know, we never made the playoffs or had any playoff baseball, um, in, you know, at my, my time there. But it was uh, – that was always a lot of fun going into San Francisco and then having them come to Oakland and, um, you know, watch, you know, the fans just going at it and then the San Francisco fans just, you know, letting you have it the whole game and then our fans showing up and, and, and kind of letting them have it. So, to me, that was like – playoff baseball um for us and a lot of times we'd be in the middle of the year where our team you know we 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 had some good records in the middle you know 500 baseball and then injuries or trades or whatever would happen and and you know we kind of would fall off but I remember being in the in the hunt a couple of those years in in that in that middle you know the the series in the middle of the season and and it being you know facing Lincecum and Matt Cain and then having the you know uh the beard come out <laughs> at the end throwing you know the 98 mile per hour cutters um that was all fun and i and i, I really enjoyed uh those moments um you know playing in such close proximity with the two cities and the two teams we're visiting with jack cust on where are they now and and jack anybody that was born in the tri-state area which both yeah. of us yeah were my guy growing up was thurman munson yeah. And, you know, uh, like anybody, your dreams are, are to play for the Yankees. And they, they died on the shores earlier for most than others. You had a chance to get to the big leagues and play at Yankee Stadium as a visiting player. Yep. You were in their organization and you didn't get to the big leagues. I just wonder what was the dream there, if you could have made that come true, what that would have meant oh. for Jack Gust in 2012. Oh, man, that would have been, been awesome because, uh, you know, I remember – the funny story um i was with uh i think i was with houston that spring training a kid got traded over to um uh to to the astros and um he was telling me about the minor league situation with the yankees it was the year that scranton um had their uh, had their triple a they were redoing the ballpark so the triple a team was going to play on the road the whole year so if <laughs> I remember sitting on the bus on the ride home from a from a spring training game, and I'm like, "Who the heck would play in Scranton, like on the road? Like you gotta be." I, and then, you know, now this is like my 15th, 16th year in pro baseball, and so the Astros. It's before they are the Astros now. They were rebuilding. Uh, I got it. You know, I got a um, 
you know, they, they, they signed me to come to camp. And, um, you know, I, I said, you know, I think I can make this team. It was a national league. They were in the national league. It was their last year. And I said, you know what? I can go show that, you know, I can still, I can play in the outfield and, and, and Houston's got a small left field. <laughs> That'd be easy to maneuver. Um, I could hit some homers there. So I was, had this whole thing planned out, but I ended up hurting my, my elbow. I'm going to get to the Yankees. I, part of it what you're asking so so they released me you know so the worst team in baseball gets rid of me after having just a terrible year in seattle the year before and i'm just like this is it i remember my i'm sitting on i'm laying in whatever apartment we're at in spring training my daughter's painting my toenails blue i don't even know it i'm just like in a coma and uh, I get a call from my agent saying, uh, hey, the, the Yankees are interested because uh, Raul Ibanez is struggling. So I said, uh, all right, uh, let's do it. I said, you know, kind of forgetting about the Scranton thing, but it was in the back of my mind. I was like, whatever, I'll deal with Scranton, uh, you know, not playing on the road in a hotel the whole year. And, uh, you know, I hit the ball. I hit the ball okay that year. Um, I, yeah, I think I still hit twenty dingers in like you know, not that many at bats, and uh, they just no one got hurt. Uh, Ibanez ended up getting hot, um, and uh, the team stayed together. You know, he was ice cold in spring training, and I remember you know New York media blowing everything <laughs> out of proportion. So. Uh, I just never got the shot that year, but the, it's funny because how timing works. The next year, I think they were decimated by injuries. Uh, like I remember thinking the next year, I was like, "Well, if I was at the Yankees this year, I'd, I I would have had that dream, Vince, that we talked about of what it's why I signed there and kind of went through the whole thing of playing in the minor leagues and and de- not in the minor leagues, but playing on the road every day in the minor leagues, which is a lot different than just playing in the minor leagues. It was, it was tough as a 33 year old guy or whatever, however old I was, but it was all for the dream. Cause I, I was done. I was ready to paint all my nails and my toenails blue, let my dog put my hair blue. If I had to, whatever, uh, whatever she wanted, I was ready to go back to the family and be with them all the time. But I said, you know, I gotta, I gotta take this opportunity. You know, if, if you could have put the pinstripes on one day, Growing up a Yankee fan, I know you said Thurman Munson was your guy. He was a little before, um, you know, right before my time. Uh, I was I was a Mattingly guy, uh, like a lot of people were. And then you know Ricky Henderson. I love the A's. I actually love the A's too. I love the A's and I love the Yankees. And Ricky Henderson being on both teams was so cool. Uh, and he was he was my second favorite player until Griffey came along. So um, you know, Matt, I was like anything to put to, to, to you know playing there on the roads one thing. But actually being from here and being able to maybe stay at my house and, and, and drive to the stadium would have been very cool. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And, um, you know, I don't have any regrets about that. Again, I wasn't at the top of my game, but I could still hit some homers. And so let's walk, fa- and strike out. <laughs> and walk. And walk. <laughs> let's, let's fast forward. What is Jack Cuss teaching at the, the baseball schools or the baseball academy? And, um, and how receptive are, are today's kids? Because you're on the front lines. You can really yeah. take us inside on, on the athleticism of kids, uh, yeah. the things that they, that they know now because of the ability to, to watch video and, and break down things in a much different way than even you could do, and certainly generations before that. Yeah. I mean, just uh... – well, it's uh, it, it's a few things. Um, one, uh, I'm not I'm not in I'm not at 
the baseball academy every day coaching kids. My my brother is our head head coach there. He does most of the hitting. We have a, a ton of teams. I'm really into like the real estate development and kind of doing that stuff. But I'm there. My office is down the road, and I'm my my business partner that I do a lot of the real estate stuff with is our president over there. But he also run runs a few of our other companies with me. Um, but I do see I'm around the game a lot over there, and it has changed a lot. Um, you know, like you said, the instant. I mean, first, you know, I, I try and tell my brother and the and the and the coaches like listen like let's keep the bat flips to a minimum like uh you know i I watch the videos we always post them on instagram and 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 twitter kids hitting home runs we got videos of every game and it's like you know the kids doing the bat flips and twirling around so so that's one thing that's different uh we didn't you know i hit a lot of homers as a kid we didn't do that i don't want to sound too old but you're right, like the instant uh, feedback from, from you know, the Rapsodos and the different types of um, machines and equipment that they have and computer systems to tell you, like, instantly, hey, yeah, that was a good swing or no, that wasn't a good swing. I mean, we just kind of – or I knew it from the actual swing. And my dad, the way he taught hitting was basically the way these guys are, you know, taught now with launch angle – you know, but his thing was just hit the ball over the lights. If I would hit a home run in in batting practice, I mean, I would hit. He would get mad if I didn't hit every ball out. So, but it wasn't just hitting it out. It was okay. That's good. But now hit the ball over the lights. So and like so that is launch angle because you're not just trying to hit it over the fence. You're trying to hit it over the lights past the fence. So that that's how we taught it. And my brother kind of teaches the same, but he's good because he can incorporate both things. He's He's good with the with with the computer equipment and the and the and the data that it that it gets and 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 using that with the kids. But then he also takes a little bit more of an old school old school approach. It's still the approach I think that works, which is um, you know just the basic mechanics of the swing that 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 you know some of the stuff that is old school now that you, if you watch a guy on Instagram or. You know, they talk about stuff. I don't even know what the heck they're talking about. I was like, they talking about hit, they're talking about hitting right now. Like, you know, I'm like, well, maybe maybe I should have tried that at the end of my career when I, you know, like I don't know. They're talking about all these things. I was like, I never thought of that once. But it's just the way it is. It's a different game now, and uh, maybe it's a different way to say it. Um, and maybe you're doing the same thing. I don't I don't know. But uh, the kids, you know, I think the biggest issue with kids and. Um, nowadays is and, and and my big our biggest business is, is, is biggest part of our business is, is running tournaments and honestly the kids just play too many games uh they, they don't practice enough uh there's not enough reps um and it's just uh you know they're playing three games a day um you know Vince how it was when we were kids you played one game a week two games a week and if you were practicing uh those other days that was great. I mean, I practice every other day, but that's where the work came. It's like, all right, I'm going to take 200 swings. I'm going to work on this, work on this, work on this, and work on this. And then when the game comes, like, if you have three or four at-bats a week, those are some, like, you are ready for those at-bats because you're not going to get four more at-bats till the next Saturday in Little League or whatever it is or Senior League or Babe Ruth League where these kids have four at-bats and then they have four at-bats in two hours, like, or three hours where – it's hard to really lock in on those at bats when you know you're going to have 12 throughout a day and, and it's not their fault it's it, it, it's hard to do 
So, I mean, I think more practice, and I think that maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's why some of the hitting has gone down. I mean, the pitching's obviously gone way through the roof as far as how hard guys throw and their secondary pitches. But, um, you know, I think just going back to the basics, and I know obviously minor league, big league guys and the elite guys are working all the time, but even just the young, the youth that I see, I think maybe there's just too many games being played and not enough emphasis on, you know, drills and, and actually hitting during the season. I know in the off season they're doing it, but during the season as well. Sorry for the long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it was great. And, and I really loved all the stories and uh, glad to hear things are going so well for you in New Jersey in a variety of areas. I uh, hope to see at some point uh, you were a fan favorite. I mean, you were, you were here for four years and people just loved it. They loved when you made contact, Jack, and those moonshots went over the wall and went a long way. You, uh, you got them out of, their, out of their seats, and there's something to be said for that. I really appreciate the time, and all the best to you and your family, and thanks for joining us on Where Are They Now? You too, Vince. Please tell everyone I said hello, Ken and Glenn, and, and tell give Dallas a little knuckles for me, or or you know maybe a little blow to the blow to the abdomen, take him out. You know, I know he's having fun over there with you guys. It's great to see you all, and I hope your family's doing well. And just thank you to all the fans. You guys were wonderful. Like you said, I, I appreciate all the memories, and it's great to be back. I hope to come out to a game one day if I can get back to the West Coast one day. We'd love to see you, Jack. Thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.